0: How do you pay, man?
1: Huh? If you don't
0: write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. What yes. 10 grand to me. Yeah.
1: You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. Those things change for the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby, I'll see the
0: money.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number five of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. We are back and in effect. My name is Neil Rule, sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area, at Neil Rule, N-E-A-L-R-U-H-L, on Twitter. And with me, as always, he's the brains of this operation. Somebody's got to be the brains of the operation because it's not going to be me. It is Cameron Evans of Pivotal Sports Management and the Evans Law Group. You can follow him on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans. And Cam, we are back at it, and I know that this this is an exciting show. You're juiced up for this one. We're, we're, we're coming back at you in pretty quick order from the last time that we talked about the television sports deals and everything like that. But today's show focusing on the legalization of sports gambling, it's something that seems like it is eminent. But before we get into that, Cam... The Straight Homie Pod on Twitter makes its debut, so you can follow the show on
0: Twitter at Straight Homie Pod. We just keep expanding and keep growing, my friend. It is a wonderful thing to be able to be part of this, and I'm uh, betting on this being a great show, and the activity that you know we're getting from your at Neil Rule Twitter handle uh, for questions and everything, this is a topic that is you know front and center today, and it's going to continue to be front and center here as we go forward, and uh, we're probably going to have a sea change on sports betting and, and what states can be able to do.
1: Right. And what we're talking about, for those that don't know, and we have comments on the social media, we'll get to the Facebook, the Twitter, all that stuff, because it did seem to strike a chord. And Cam, going off the quote unquote demographics, women are commenting on it. Men are commenting on it. I mean, it really draws out the ire because there are so many angles. Cam, we could literally spend three hours uh, on this topic, the social ramifications, uh, environmentally, across the board, how everybody feels about it, the leagues, which is what we will get into coming up. But just to give everybody kind of the background, the U.S. Supreme Court, and this is it in a nutshell, announced that they're going to hear a New Jersey case. Now, the state of New Jersey is challenging the constitutionality of a federal sports betting law that prohibits sports betting outside of Nevada. And, Cam, I, I know you, you live in this realm. You're, you're of the uh, Evans Law Group and of Pivotal Sports Management. You have a, a certain knack, and this is why I roll with you, Cam, because <laughs> you have a knack of being able to explain this stuff in plain English. So break it down to everybody so they can understand. Essentially, New Jersey wanted sports gambling legal before. Took it all the way as far as they could take it. The court said no. But now they've kind of circled the wagons and they're going to try again. And it, it will have ramifications nationwide.
0: It will, it will, and we're gonna, we'll, start, we'll start as, you know, kind of being in the on-decks box here is understanding that, you know, there is a federal law out there from 1992 called the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, which in a nutshell says um, outside of Nevada, there's no, going to be no sports betting. Um, there's some sports lotteries that are allowed in Delaware and Oregon and, and Idaho. Uh, but everything's Vegas for sports betting. You can go down to the casino. You can put anything you want on the line on any game mm-hmm. um, that's sitting out there. But what the federal law did, the federal law didn't say it's unlawful uh, under federal law for this to happen. They just said, hey, except for these states that we are exempting, no other state can come along and authorize betting or wagering on amateur or professional Sports. Well, Cam, let, let me,
1: let me, and I don't mean to cut you off here, but I'm cutting you off right here. So, he, he me, the non legal mind, just the Joe Sports fan that, you know, if I had the opportunity to, I'd, I'd want to put a couple of potato chips on, on the game I'm going to watch on Monday Night Football if I could through legal channels. If I could, I would. But with all that being said, what is the difference between the two? They say we're not outlawing it but we're preventing you from doing it. What What's different about that? Well, that,
0: that's the question is whether they can do it, whether the federal government can say to states uh, in this situation, you, you can't repeal an existing prohibition of sports betting. And that's what I mean. The first go around, as you imagine, this has been up a couple times out of New Jersey. The first time, The New Jersey citizens uh, had a a statewide vote that said we're going to amend our state constitution that will authorize and allow the legislature, if it so chooses, to legalize sports betting in New Jersey. And that's exactly what the state legislature did. They legalized sports betting, heavily regulated, just like the Nevada scheme. Um, And that uh, went to federal court. New Jersey lost in the trial court, and then lost in the Court of Appeals. They said, no, the federal law says you cannot authorize sports betting. And that's exactly what this new law did. You're authorizing sports betting and had a whole um, regulatory scheme set up to protect everybody that was involved in it. Um, But the court, the federal government, and the uh, four professional sports leagues and the NCAA that get a say in this, um, they all said, but nothing here prevents a state from repealing their existing laws that prohibit sports betting. New Jersey says well that's nice so this is what we're going to do we're going to partially repeal our ban on sports betting and all the regulations that prohibit sports betting in New Jersey they no longer apply to casinos Um, and so there is no regulation I mean you've got to be 21 or over to get into a casino but other than that it's the wild, wild west on the mm-hmm. East Coast. There is no regulation. And they went back to court. Uh, they got sued by the four major professional sports leagues in the NCAA. And the court said, well, by repealing it, you authorized it, um, which not every judge agreed with in the Court of Appeals. And you know, as I said, in June of this year, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, agreed to hear the case and make a decision as to whether or not the federal statute um, is constitutional or not, the way it is set up. And there's a lot of speculation out there uh, in trying to wager and look into the crystal ball from the legal analysis as to why did the Supreme Court take this up? Because it's kind of odd that they did because the number of things they usually would look at to decide to take a case aren't here. So a lot of um, commentators out there in the legal world are expecting something besides the Supreme Court saying this, the for federal law is constitutional and there's going to be no change in the way sports betting is regulated in the United States and you know we expect to get that decision by June of 2018 Mm -hmm. but we don't expect that we expect that there's going to be some type Mm -hmm. of change uh, that happens in the leagues and the NCAA and all the states and all the stakeholders um, are acting like they're expecting that that is a distinct possibility that there will be expanded legalized sports betting uh, after the Supreme Court decision. Right and so of course, for it to get to this point, Cam, my
1: gut tells me right away that this is this is going to happen, and here's why it's going to happen. We have finally reached that point, and this is all purely my opinion. This is just something that I've I've kind of concocted on my own. You can tell me if I'm crazy, or tell me, hey, you're right. In my opinion, there's too much juice from the squeeze now from 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 a state level, from income, because. Look, when we talk about it we talked about it last episode here of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. The television deals that these leagues have are keeping these leagues flush with money. That's why salaries have gone crazy. Now no one ever talks about the fact that while salaries have gone crazy, ownership profits ha- have gone crazy as well. Nobody everybody always talks about the players, but nobody ever talks about the owners that are making unprecedented money through it as all. But I digress that we talked about that last week. But um with all that being said, This has gotten to the point, and look, Cam, we're at a time in society where everything is working on a razor's edge, from budgets, your workplace, to my workplace, to everyone who's listening out there, your workplace. They're always looking for an angle now to cut costs, to control costs, to add revenue. States are no different. State governments are no different. We're living at a time right now, Cam, where government services are are running at an all-time low i guess you would say in that you you know what i'm saying like the the edge and the budget that's working with they're always trying to to reduce services and and cut corners and do everything that they can do revenue is at an ultra premium right now higher than it's ever been and that will only continue to grow this in the sports gambling world and the legalization of it provides something that i think now has gotten to the point where it's bigger than Leagues, it's bigger than leagues control, and we'll talk about Major League Baseball's response to it, which which was humorous to me. We'll talk about the NBA's response, ncaa's response, but I think it's gotten to the point now where they don't hold the voice that they even to this day think that they have. I don't think they hold that that same kind of weight. Their opinion doesn't hold that same kind of weight anymore because it's gotten so big, and the windfall will be so great.
0: Now you hit the nail on the head. I mean the. the whole reason that new jersey went down this road to begin with was because they wanted to help cover their their budget deficit at a state level that's what it is and you you look at this you look at things that need to be funded by the state you know a retirement for public school teachers If we, we talk about it if we sit here in michigan you look at illinois and you know it's basically broke you know it, right isn't be able to pay its lottery and that was a big issue at the end of jude down there and what they were going to do it so this is a revenue stream and every organization um, and a great revenue stream right is is looking for how do you how do you either get a new stream in or how do you how do you expand streams that you currently have? And this would be obviously a new stream into the state. Um, and you look at it from the standpoint of the professional um, leagues out there, they find a way to monetize this in a way that allows them to sleep well at night, knowing that their game is not going to be perceived to be any dirtier than it it can be already perceived to be. Um, that that is a revenue stream for leagues and hence team owners, players, everybody else as you go down the line. But, you know, if you want to see what's going on, you follow the money.
1: Right. And, and the NBA, we talked about this the last episode of the Straight Cash Homie podcast available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And if you haven't, if this is the first time you're checking it out, go back on iTunes and listen to our, sh- our last show where we talked about the, the television deals and the ramifications from the TV money that comes in. The NBA seems to be at the forefront of this. Much like last week when we talked, the NBA was at the forefront of the TV deals. Again, Commissioner Silver, I think, really has to take a bow in that they always seem to be on the cutting edge of all this. And what we talked about last week, and this is something that just kind of popped in my head, Cam. I didn't walk in here prepared to say this, but as I, as I bring these points up, they all kind of mesh together. You talk about TV deals and record television revenue. This is only gasoline for that fire, right? Oh. If, if, you're, if you're sitting at B-dubs, with with your buddies watching the game on a sunday afternoon or whatever and you're having a couple of pops and knocking down some wings and stuff like that you got a little more vested interest if you got 10 bucks on the line on on the rockets magic game that's on NBC that day i mean you just that's human nature you're going to be more in
0: tune therefore you're going to pay more attention therefore
1: added interest only benefits television numbers
0: Right, and, and whatever else we can do we can, is it going to be the streaming part as they get into the Internet and how, do you, as we talked about last week, Fantasy how they games, exploit them. Right. But you, you, anybody who has been to Vegas and laid money down and looked at all the thousands of different bets you can put down, <laughs> right. which have nothing to do with the outcome of the game per se. No. And now it's going to be that allows and have interest to make people want to watch a game or watch part of a game that they otherwise would not. In that way, it's very similar to your um, fantasy sports league, is that people want to be able to follow certain aspects of the game, even if it's a stinker of a game and nobody really wants to see it because they have a financial interest. A vested financial interest. In the outcome of the game.
1: Right, and and, that, and that's what this all comes back to. And that's why, Kim, again, I really think a, a lot of these people within the sports leagues, especially NCAA and especially Major League Baseball, which, again, we'll get into in a second, it's it's over. It, they're they're outstated in this. This this doesn't matter. We're we're talking about revenue for states now. We're talking about television rights and, and league money expanding. I mean the snowball is too far down the hill. The train is too far down the tracks now. Cam, they, they may be powerless to stop this.
0: They they may be if the Supreme Court says the current law is unconstitutional. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us right now that you do not have a federal law that says states cannot authorize sports betting. So, so it, this would be the fantasy sports thing recreated in
1: that FanDuel and, and all these other types of fantasy websites, when all, when it was cloudy what the rules were, boom, 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 just stuff popped up everywhere, and they said, hey, we'll figure out all that legal stuff later, take the cash now while we can. Will we see a repeat performance of this, if they pull back this federal law, it's a free-for-all till there's a new law,
0: right? Am I, am I oversimplifying it? And if there ever could be a new federal law. But no, you're not. But if you look at this, the states are already lined up. Mississippi has something right. in, in their version that allowed um, you know, your daily sports fantasies to be legal. In Mississippi, because it was not deemed to be gambling, there was the, that was the whole fight. It was a game of skill, uh, right? A game of skill versus a game of chance, and so states went and, and, and amended their prohibitions on gambling to allow it to happen because they wanted the revenue to come in. So they Mississippi has something in their revised statute that's going to allow sports betting to happen if it becomes lawful. Michigan has right here, in Michigan, a, a, right? All states are going to line up for it, but the question is going to be what's going to happen. You know that if you if you're running. The NCAA, you are running the four leagues, you have to say, okay, if the Supreme Court says this federal law is unconstitutional, and then there's no longer a federal prohibition that prevents states from authorizing sports betting, you know they got their lobbyists down in Congress trying to find what's going to be the next bill that's going to come out. How can we fix it through the legislative process? But a fix there in this day and age? you're not going to get a complete ban of sports betting in the United States. They couldn't get that done in 1992. That's why they exempted Nevada. And so, and things have changed since then where, where sports betting has now become even more accepted and commonplace in the morals of society in the United States than it was in 1992. And now you're going to be looking at um, potentially having a situation that states uh, on an individual basis are going to have the ability to set up a sports betting mechanism that they think is uh, best in the best interest of their states, their s- residents, um, and, that, and that could be very different in, in, depending on where you live. Uh, but it will be a lot of activity because there is so much money at stake. Right, and right now, it's, most of it is, is illegal
1: betting. All right, absolutely. And you're listening to Straight Cash Homie Podcast. My name is Neil Rule. He is Cameron Evans of Pivotal Sports Management. Follow Cam on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans. Follow me on Twitter at Neil Rule, N-E-A-L-R-U-H-L. And Straight Cash Homie Pod on Twitter now as well. Brand new Twitter account. We're in the process of rolling that out. Big thank you to Dan Gliott, one of the uh, producers behind the scenes here with the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Also credit Mike Parsons for doing the audio work as well. Certainly couldn't do it without those two guys. But I, I put the question out there to social media. Before we get into the leagues and the NCAA responses, because I think that's where the real meat of this sandwich is, this was interesting. When I, when I put the, the stuff out on social media about it, I said, do you, do you support this? Do people want to see gambling legalized, sports gambling legalized? And the the one response that jumped out at me, and, and I didn't take this into account, I didn't even think about it. But there is not only do you have the sportsmen that drive all this revenue, the television revenue, the merchandising revenue, all the ticket revenue, all that stuff, obviously they're on board because they, they want to sit around and, and put a couple of bucks on a game and, and be even more vested. I got a I got a, a comment here on social media from uh, Danielle Goings-Bird, who says, absolutely, I support it. There's nothing I hate more than the government trying to tell me what I can and cannot do. I forgot about that lobby out there. I forgot about that angle. That's that's another thing, Cam. You talked about how, how times have changed since 1992 from the, the quote-unquote, dirtiness of sports gambling. Fast forward 25 years later, people's opinion of government ha- has certainly changed as well. So you, you have that contingent as well. That's going to be another thing that even further sways. This is a little bit off the sports angle of it,
0: and this is more the political angle of it, but it's certainly a factor. It is a factor. We should have had her come out and explain it because <laughs> all we had to do instead of saying I'm sick and tired of having the government tell me what to do, that's in essence the New Jersey standpoint is that under the 10th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, is the federal government, we didn't give you the power, you know, the states didn't give you the power to tell us not to do this. Right. And therefore, you can't tell us that we can't repeal our laws. Um, and so th- th- you have that sentiment that's running across the United States. And you have this whole state's, you know, this, how much power does this, do the states have against the federal government and vice versa? that's why this Supreme Court case from a legal perspective is being looked at far broader than just sports betting. Because if the Supreme Court upholds this, and says that it's okay for the federal government to tell a state that they cannot repeal an existing law, and that you know that implicates you know marijuana laws, far-reaching, gun control laws. All of a sudden, it's vastly. I mean, I, you think about that: the federal government saying the states you cannot repeal a certain law, um, and that's kind of at the core of this tug between the states' powers and the federal government's power. Yeah, there
1: certainly is. I mean. It does. It just opens up this this huge can of worms or the, the Pandora bot, whatever cliche you want to use. But, but it certainly does come into play. And these are all things that were separated back in 1992 because they, I know here in America, we don't do the best job at, at evolving the way we used to do things versus the way things are now. So you get very outdated laws that are still on the books. You always see that come across social media at times where – this place it's illegal to walk across the street on a sunday you know you like you, you have laws like that that maybe had a place in 1865 but they don't necessarily anymore they don't roll with the times
0: right and i mean that's something that you look at um and, and again you look at the makeup of the us supreme court um you look at this from a standpoint of states rights versus the federal government's authority and that's why a lot of legal scholars and academics out there are predicting that there will be some type of change. And this will not just be affirmed across the board, although it could be. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, the, we should lay some bets as to see what the Supreme Court <laughs> is going to do and see if we can drive, you know, some money into the, in the legal profession that way. But it is. And, and And leagues have to look at it the same way. The leagues are like, this could be a little bit of uncharted territory. And their big concern, from my my standpoint, is that if they could sleep well at night, knowing that their leagues are perceived as being clean and that people are not shaving points or doing something else to affect the outcome of the game, um, they won't care. No, they'll they'll support it. Right? And you look yeah, even it, further. Yeah, yeah, they, they will support it. The professional. Uh, NCAA, we can get to NCAA is the Which different we'll get to. It's a different <laughs> creature, but you know you look at the NBA basketball historically is the sport that's had the most issues with point shaving because you one person can have a dramatic effect on a, a point spread at the end of the game. He, he's he's twenty percent of the players on the floor. Referees, yeah, uh-huh. we've seen it. We've seen it absolutely, and so in, in Major League Baseball, you had the Black Sox nineteen nineteen, and those two leagues, the commissioners commissioners have come out to a certain extent. And said, we're willing to take a look at this, and we think that we could work with it somehow, provided that the right protections are in place, um, where the NFL and the NHL are in the NCAA's camp, which is at least from the standpoint of the public – Statements that they're making is that they don't want to have anything to do with it, even though those are the only two leagues that have teams in Vegas. (laughs) Right. Some of it makes no sense. (laughs) There you
1: have it. And and, and again, I was telling the story about how I, I pose a question on Twitter and then. A uh, pretty good sports fan that, that follows me here locally in the Detroit area, T-Rap1680 on Twitter, says, of course, I, I support this. Like, and, and it is that simple on some ends, too. But, Cam, that's a good segue on your part. Like, You're, you're figuring out this broadcasting game. You've got it down. Don't tell anybody it's this easy because then they won't, you know they want to pay me and, and all that type of stuff. So don't tell anybody that it's this easy. But it is. Uh, it is this easy. But that, that's a great segue on your part. Three. This is a three-parted thing I wanted to get to here, the reactions. First off, because you brought them up, and, and I wanted to go this way anyway, the NBA. Again, at the forefront of everything that goes on. You're listening to the Straight Cash Homie podcast here, available on iTunes and SoundCloud. My name is Neil Rule. He is Cameron Evans of Pivotal Sports Management. But the NBA at the forefront, as they always are, Adam Silver supports this. I talked about during the the television deal episode last time we were out here on the Straight Cash Homie podcast The NBA looking at adjusting their NBA league pass where you can watch just the last five minutes of the games, maybe in an anticipatory role of something like this happening. The NBA again at the forefront of this. Again, Commissioner Silver really with his his finger on the pulse of what the times are, what the sports fans are, and what the market brings. And look, what are you going to do to James Harden who just signed a 220 million dollar four year deal that's making 55 million dollars plus per year. What are you going to give James Harden to throw a game?
0: No, nothing. Nothing. And and as you go with the supermax contracts and everything else in the NBA, even you look at the guaranteed money that, you know, a rookie gets. at mm-hmm. least um, first round draft pick, you know. But they're making, you know, enough money now where you, you would assume that somebody who's going to be in, in at the end of the game, you know, even somebody that's, you know, 10th man on the bench, isn't going to be motivated to put a little bit of cash in his pocket because of his salary. This is not like the old days where they where the players had off-season jobs. <laughs> right. Selling cars. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Whatever they were doing, I mean, this is a different day and age. So from the professional sports, you got to understand that, that the, the financial motivation may not be as um, significant as it was in the past, because uh, just because what these people make. Right um, now, you know the in 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 the NBA has embraced it and is willing to I think embrace it, and they're willing to, you know, deal with reality. And so you know you get the jersey endorsements. Okay, we're gonna put logos on there because we're gonna make money, and nobody's gonna right. turn it off or not buy jerseys anymore. Adam Silver coming out and, you know, saying, well, it's not one and done in college basketball. It's half and done because, you know, the people are only going to stay there for a year. We're only going to take classes in the fall (laughs) Um, one
1: semester. That's it. They're
0: out. And he deals he deals with what reality is. He's willing to address it. He's the only and and
1: he's the he's the best at it. Cam, he's the best at it. I mean, and that resonates with people because he's being real about it. That's all people want today. You don't have to be really real. (laughs) Just give off the illusion that you're being real. And that's enough for some people.
0: Uh, It it is, but it, it, it. Personally, it's, it's the way he uh, addresses the situation. It's the way that he comes across and he is perceived as being um, honest and giving realistic opinions about things. Um, and he has right now a lot of street cred with um, the, the fans out there. And, you know, I think the NBA would, would find a way to, to embrace this as quickly as possible. Um, and and work with states, because states are going to be lined up. States will be passing bills left and right um, to be able to regulate and tax the income that's going to be generated from sports betting if this is uh, goes the way that a lot of people see it's going to go.
1: Absolutely. And, and, Cam, that brings us uh, to the NCAA. And at first glance, even if if you're new to this and today's the first time that you've really – looked at the legal side of the legalization of sports gambling. I, I think anybody, even a novice, would say, well, the NCAA, right at the forefront, the N C A probably has the biggest problem with all this because their labor pool is unpaid. I know they get a scholarship. I, everyone calm down. I know they do, but they they, they generate far more than any of that costs. And that's a different topic for a different Straight Cash Homie podcast later on. We'll get to that. Trust me. we we got a lot of time to, to deal with it. But on the surface, as far as this is concerned, this you would think would be a problem for the NCA. But is it really a problem, Cam? Is this really something that that hasn't been there already? And the, the answer is yes, it's been there already. We, you, you referenced it, the, the Toledo point shaving. Uh, we've seen football games uh, happen, basketball games. It, it's happened as well, Boston College back in the day. And, and my the moral of my story to this is if you legalize this, It only helps in the fight against this because, Cam, who's the one that finds out that these games are fixed? It's not the police. It's not the FBI. It's not the compliance department of a university. It's not the coach. Who finds out when games are fixed? The The people taking the bets. They know. When all of a sudden a a midweek Boston College game that usually gets $30,000 in total handle is is up around a million dollars, that's a red flag to all these people. This is what they do every single day. They're the ones that catch it, not the police, not the coaches, and not compliance.
0: Right, and and you've seen this in part. You know, you look at elsewhere in the world where betting on professional sports is allowed. You had the big issue with the professional tennis professional tennis you know not your you know your, your top 10 sports from a revenue generation uh, but there were big issues about the, how the money was flowing on certain matches in People the Open. Da- yeah packages. big time underdogs are winning for some strange reason right and so you look at it um but the ncaa you you you, you hit a key point and that is that the kids you know, although they get scholarships and those are worth a chunk of money that's money in their pocket Right, they're not walking around with spending cash. That's paper money. Yeah, that's and
1: not real. That's not hard currency. That's paper it, it, money. That's
0: right, and so you still have this unpaid labor market out there that generates billions of dollars in revenue right now. That would generate billions more in betting of some type. Um, and, and what and do this, you do to protect it? Right,
1: and, and the NCA is the one that offers the most. I mean, from from an action standpoint, on a Saturday, you have a hundred and 50 NCA basketball games going on just on a Saturday and, and they come in waves and the the old the old talk in the sports world was some of the most heavily wagered college football games are the Hawaii home games because they're on by themselves at midnight on a Saturday night like their their ratings I remember a day around here in Metro Detroit their games were carried on a local TV station Hawaii's midnight games on a Saturday were carried on a local TV station here in Detroit uh, Channel 14, it was on the on the cable, W A H L or something like that. They they carried those games. They weren't carrying them because of the contingent of, of Hawaii football fans here in Detroit. There's, you know, why they were carrying those football games because everyone was trying to get
0: out of the hole or double up. Yeah, and then there was there was there was, there was a, a a desire for people to watch that um, at a very odd time and so you're right. not going to follow it. But you know, so you look at the NCAA and again, if the NCAA if they think they could do it in a way that it could be controlled and that you were going to not create the perception that games are on the take or refs are on the take. Could you imagine the um, Oklahoma State Central Michigan football game from last year that ended on a play that should never have happened with Central Michigan winning. Right. If there was money on that game. A whole new investigation. Are the are the refs on a take? Are are they getting paid? You'd have to look at it. Right, but what happens if, you know, the the, the states, in essence, get together with the NCAA and say, hey, NCAA, we're going to authorize sports betting on college um, events unless they're played in our state, and then you can't bet on a game like that. But the only entity that can can, uh, uh, be involved in this is the NCAA itself. And the NCAA then sets up a separate um, sports betting division that they get to control and analyze and do everything else, and so they have it's it's in their pocket. Now, would that pique the NCAA's interest to saying, well, gee, we can make a whole lot more money now, and we have the ability to control it and to investigate when things can happen? The problem is that you're going to have players out there who are going to um, be approached and targeted um, by people who want to influence the outcome of the game. And, sure. And, and and you're going to have a receptive crowd to a certain extent because these kids who are already mad enough that they're not getting their fair share in this. How and, do I get mine? Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to be really you're going to be making more money off that. Of I think the NCAA, the, there's a lot of smart people out there, a lot smarter than the two of us sitting around this table. Oh, yeah. They've got to find a way to, how do you carve out amateur athletics? And, and maybe the carve out of amateur athletics is just the state said, we don't want to do it. Because maybe they pass but, it, but there's the, so
1: but there's so much action to be had, though Cam. That's the rub with the NCAA. There's so there's cont There is always an NCAA game going on, especially during football and basketball. That little overlap. There's always games. On. Just, it's only going to help the bottom line.
0: Just think the NCAA could do an authorized nationwide pool for the um, basketball tournament. Instead of having it being the, <laughs> be the instead monster. of it being instead of being the office pools that happen, yeah,
1: they 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 cut out the middleman and do it themselves, right? Right, it, and that would be a monster. I
0: mean, you think you think about it in in ways that can can it kind of protect us? It. So maybe it's more limited um, betting that's allowed. It's kind of like the sports lotteries out in Oregon and Delaware, mm-hmm. where you're going. It's just like a lottery. You're picking a winner of a game, but thirty other or thirty thousand other people may pick that same winner, and you. Get the same pot divided, and so are you the sole lottery winner, or are you sharing it with thirty other thousand people? Um, you know, so maybe that that is something they will do. They're going to have to address it, and then address it in a way that um, protects the integrity of college sports and really protects the athletes, because they're the ones who are going to be subject to a lot of pressure, um, not only from people who want to do it, but they can they'll get to their friends, they'll get to their family. You name it, and right. I mean that's just a, that's well, a different ball
1: game. But that that's where I say the legalization of this helps that, in in a in, a, in an indirect way, it helps it because it it offers more protection from that. In, in my mind, that's maybe that's naive, maybe that's dumb thinking on my part. But you know what? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's common sense, because when all these people have so much on the line, when a state has so much on the line, when different individuals have so much to lose. From from this running a foul, then maybe things are handled a little bit differently. And maybe the NCAA polices things a little bit differently when they have skin in the game.
0: Absolutely, and they could, and it it it, it and it affects not only the brand, um, but it affects livelihoods um, that go from the NCAA all the way down to the colleges. Sure. And you got to take a look at it. You know that if a state authorizes it, and then it goes south. Well, you know, states can change the laws. State can sure. say they can say, "Guess what? We're not. We don't want that money." But you don't know. It's that's going to be the. I think the the more intriguing of it, because I think the professional sports will find a way to deal with an additional revenue stream that's not going to tarnish their game, um, because it's all about the money and they'll find a way to put more of that money in their pocket and take it out of our pocket.
1: And real quickly, Cam, before we wrap things up, I know you got some stuff uh, going on that you have to get to, but real quickly, I did want to address this. Major League Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manfred, uh, his quote to me was kind of cute. It said, if there's going to be a change in the – I'll read it like how, how this sounds to me. If there's going to be a change in the regulatory structure with respects to pro sports gambling, we need to be in a position to meaningfully engage and shape and try to shape – what that new regulatory scheme looks like. That's very baseball, a baseball, baseball, to say something like that, aren't they? You're a sport, baseball, that's dying. You are. How do I know? Because I only go by me, and I'm not watching as much baseball as I used to, Cam, because I got kids. I'm like Prince Fielder. I got kids, and I don't have three hours and 45 minutes to watch a game. Don't have it. That's why I'm leaning more towards the soccer now, 90 minutes and over. Baseball, you need to be on board with this. And and you can't be throwing out caveats and, and saying that you need to be involved in all that stuff. You need to to grasp onto this as you can right now to stay relevant. In my opinion,
0: right. And, and you want to know the other thing? Major League Baseball is already involved in it. They're talking. They have to be talking to people behind the scenes because if you know, they're looking at if this this law by the is thrown out by the U.S. Supreme Court and no and there's no longer a federal prohibition that says states cannot authorize sports betting then you have to take a look at your past yeah well and when you but you gotta say okay now states can authorize Mm -hmm. all right we already know what new jersey's done right and they repealed it and they're going to go do it but there's other states lined up and so as i said before they're working with their lobbyists they're working with people behind the scenes from a political standpoint because laws will be enacted and they want to be able to to shape it. Besides trying to figure out from their own side, is how can we um, profit? Mo- yeah, well, profit, but also how can we monitor? How can right. we scrutinize this? What kind of? But it's more important to profit. And, and, <laughs> profit in the. It's more important for them to profit in the long run, mm-hmm. because if they do it and they get behind it and they don't have the system set up properly internally to have the checks and balances, to be able to say, why is this game or why is this player all of a sudden getting all the money? This doesn't make sense. Uh, Because if you call into question the integrity of the game, then everybody's going to be in in, in a tight squeeze in those situations because people are now no longer going to trust that that game, for the most part, is on the up and up, and it is a competitive game, and it is not fixed.
1: And there you have it. And and that's that's in a nutshell. And look, just like that, in the blink of an eye, we're we're over thirty-five minutes. And like I said, I know I know you got some appointments. You got to get to real quickly, Cam, before we wrap this up. How do you see this shaking? What's your gut saying in terms of how this shakes out?
0: Um, my gut. So you you can play this back in nine months, and we'll see how how, how good I am at predicting okay. things. Uh, my gut is that. The uh, United States Supreme Court is going to say it's in the law is unconstitutional as written, um, and then it's going to be um, a free for all to a certain extent of uh, between the Congress, which can't seem to get much done, so I don't think anything's going to happen at a federal yeah. level, uh, and then states as to what is going to be in their best interest. Uh, Does it become a
1: race against time for the states to maximize profitability in a short period of time in case? In case this gets appealed and then maybe turned over again, but you have all this time in the middle where you like the fantasy sports thing, where you can just grab as much cash as you can.
0: Absolutely, and and certain states are set up better than other states. So if you're in a state that has casinos, you can duplicate Las Vegas in a heartbeat overnight. In a heartbeat. Yeah. And only have it down at the casinos. That's the only place you're going to be able to take a sports bet. Maybe at a horse track. Um, But you have the infrastructure in place, not only physically, but you have the infrastructure set up um, from the standpoint of government oversight because they already have those gaming control boards. Now, they're going to have to be expanded. They're going to have everything else. But those states would be best positioned to be able to have a small tweak in their laws that would authorize sports betting, whatever extent the state wants to, but they can limit it to the casinos to the horse tracks um, and not have to be in a situation that if you're in a state that does not have casinos then okay where are you going to allow people to place a bet can you go to the gas station and do it like you buy your lottery ticket probably not uh, but those would be things that those states are going to be looking at is how can can we do this in a way that makes sense and allows us to profit from it and get the revenue stream but also doesn't you know you know make a step on a landmine because we're going to do it in a way that it's unregulated
1: Right, so that that will be the rub, but they'll figure that out as they're cashing checks. So,
0: <laughs> my 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 ultimate prediction is that you and I will be talking about this again. <laughs>
1: yeah. there you go, and, and, and certainly as always, Cam, appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody out there for listening as well. Don't forget, follow the show on Twitter now at Straight Cash Pod on Twitter. He is Cameron Evans of Pivotal Sports Management and the Evans Law Group. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans. My name is Neil Rule on Twitter, at Neil Rule, N-E-A-L-R-U-H-L. So we will be back at you in short order with another episode. You have been listening to the Straight Cash Homie podcast from my partner Cam Evans. This is Neil Rule saying thank you for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.